the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Who didn't see this coming? And no, I'm not talking about a bomb in the mail. I'm talking about NBC firing Megyn Kelly. Yep, she's out because she said this a few days ago. But, well, what, but what, what is racist? Because because so truly, you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on yes, black face yes. on Halloween, or a black person who puts on white face yes. for Halloween. Like I, that, okay, back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as like a character. Yeah, if somebody so, feels like something is offensive to them, then you should say it, and that's fair game. Yeah, and, and, and you should be able also, to take it if you're going to dress up like yeah, that. Yeah, you got to be able to take it. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> you know, there was so, controversy on, so the, on the Real Housewives. So, yeah. There was a controversy on the Real Housewives of New York with Luann, as she dresses Diana Ross. And she made her skin look darker than it really is. And people said that that was racist. And I don't know. I felt like, who doesn't love Diana Ross? She wants to look like Diana Ross for one day. I, I don't know how like that got racist on Halloween. It's not like it, she's walking around I, I have general. not seen it. But you it sounds you a have watched it. And then she tried to apologize on Tuesday. Everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Megan Kelly. And I want to begin with two words. I'm sorry. You may have heard that yesterday we had a discussion here about political correctness and Halloween costumes. And that conversation turned to whether it is ever okay for a person of one race to dress up as another. A black person making their face lighter or a white person making theirs darker to make a costume complete. I defended the idea, saying as long as it, as it was respectful and part of a Halloween costume, it seemed okay. Well, I was wrong, and I am sorry. Well, I worked in TV for a long time, and there have been lots of times when I've heard about a hiring at a station or at a network, and my immediate response was, start the clock, meaning it's you know only a matter of time before they have to admit the mistake. One of the biggies for me was Katie Couric being hired to replace Dan Rather, who had replaced Walter Cronkite at CBS. Uh, Katie Couric was known for being perky. Perky is not what you want in the person who's filling Walters and Dan's shoes. Sorry. She was a good news reporter, but she came from the Today Show where she was known for being perky. Megan Kelly, she was known for being a good reporter and then a tough interviewer at Fox, and she was, and she was very good. And after she became a star over at Fox, NBC decided to hire her away when her contract was up. And they put her in a job where perky would have worked a lot better. The day she was hired, I said the same thing. Start the clock. It's only a matter of time. Somebody at NBC paid her $20 million a year, and they still owe her $69 million. And she has a, she's a lawyer herself, and she has another lawyer, and she plans to make sure she gets every penny, which, by the way, I hope she gets. Uh, the Daily Mail is saying uh, uh, she has a, they have a... Um, a uh, an executive from NBC saying, and this is a quote, Megyn Kelly is done. She's not ever coming back. We're just working the timing of the announcement. But mark my word, she is gone and will never be seen on NBC Live again. I guess they ran a replay of her show uh, today, and they're going to do the same thing tomorrow. And by the way, one of my dreams has always been to sign a multi-million dollar, multi-year guaranteed contract and then get fired about 20 minutes into it. But... Uh, um, it's kind of late in my career. I don't think it's going to happen for me. I don't know if what she said a few days ago was uh, bad enough to yank her off the air and pay her $69 million. It was dumb what she said, I guess, and she did apologize. Apologies don't matter anymore. But her show, which I never saw one minute of, apparently stunk, and it did get terrible ratings, so she's gone. And she's probably not headed back to Fox because the Daily Mail quoted someone from there who said, we like our on-air staff right now. It's not a good sign for Megan when they say that, if she's planning on going back there. Uh, she got ripped when she was at Fox for saying that Santa Claus is white. That was considered racist. Of course, 
that was um, he said was con- condemned as being racist, despite that poem about Santa that says he has rosy red cheeks. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, you're not allowed to say that. But anyway, that's where we are in 2018. It doesn't take much to be accused of being a racist, and the word is thrown around so much that it's lost its meaning and definitely lost its bite, that's for sure. But Megyn Kelly is another casualty, and it might be a long time before you see her again. As far as I know, there's nothing new in the last few hours about the mail bombs, by the way. Uh, I just didn't feel like getting into it because there's, I don't know, nothing much has changed. Anyway, I haven't seen anything that makes me think the story smells any better. I'm going with it wasn't done by somebody who wants to help Donald Trump and the Republicans until some solid information makes the smell go away for me. So we won't talk about that much at all today, but we will switch gears when we come back. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about education around here. We like to anyway. We're going to talk to Ronald Reagan's former secretary of education, Dr. William Bennett, about what else? Education. We'll do that when we come back right here on the John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Stick around. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. He can smell you from half a mile away, here with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. A lawsuit seeking to recover a portion of the public subsidies given to OneJet Airlines to operate at Pittsburgh International Airport raises this larger question. What is the proper role of an airport authority? As the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy reminds, it has no role other than to provide a place to land and take off, a place for passengers to park, and other infrastructure. Learn more about the county airport authority's missteps at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking is challenged every day. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet, and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well. Email phishing attacks cost businesses billions annually in real cash, data loss, and brand damage. Phishing emails are hard to detect because the messages appear to be legitimate to unsuspecting employees. 
Introducing Barracuda Fish Line, a groundbreaking cloud-based solution designed to help employees recognize sophisticated email phishing attacks through interactive training reinforced by continuous simulation. Transform your employees from a liability into a line of defense. Go to barracuda.com slash pl to learn more. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. If you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that we spend a lot of time here talking about education. Lots of that time is spent talking about the stupidity in education and all the things that are going wrong. So uh, when you get a chance to talk to a former secretary of education, uh, I think you take it. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk to William Bennett, the former secretary of education under Ronald Reagan. He's here with us now. Bill, thanks for being here. You bet. So what was the purpose of your visit to Harrisburg? Let's start with that. Well, uh, we came up to uh, praise and uh, laud and uh, congratulate uh, a couple of your state senators for their uh, efforts at uh, explaining uh, by way of legislation what the implications of this important Supreme Court decision in the Janus case uh, and uh, John Eichelberger did, uh, did the, the best job on it in his legislation. The Janus Gates, those who aren't familiar with it, and given everything that's going on, John, perfectly reasonable for people yeah. not to, but the Janus case said essentially the union can't presume that you're a member, a teacher or a public employee. You have to give affirmative consent. You have to say, I want in, I want my dues uh, to be paid and taken out of my check. They cannot just say, if you're there, you're in. Okay, so why is that important, and how is that going to, or should it, or can it, affect education in Pennsylvania? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it's a matter of individual freedom. This is First Amendment right. Justice Alito, writing for the majority, said you sh- should never presume uh, that uh, people want their money directed in this way for people, for the this organization, Teachers Union, to take money uh, in this way is a violation of people's First Amendment rights. So they're free. Uh, the decision is neither pro-union or anti-union. It's pro-individual decision. And uh, thus, uh, any libertarian or conservative should celebrate it. Um, what does it mean for the future of education? That's what I'm interested in. I'm thinking that maybe over time, not right away, but over time, teachers might begin to think of themselves more as individual professionals rather than cogs in the machine. And in your uh, talk today, uh, you talked about the promise. Uh, what is the promise, and what uh, will be required to fulfill that promise? Yeah, and the promise is uh, a different view of uh, the teaching profession by teachers themselves. Back uh, when I was Secretary of Education, I spoke to the National Education Association, the nation's largest teachers union, their annual meeting, and I read to them from uh, their handbook from the 30s or 40s, maybe and it talked about the profession of teaching. And you don't see that much anymore. You see, uh, in fact, a lot of hard bargaining, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, protecting incompetent teachers, unwillingness to say, you know, what the, what, the, the what, what good citizenship requires of a teacher. What do I mean by that? When I was secretary, I said, you know, could teachers agree that, uh, you know, that uh, students shouldn't smoke dope? Uh, no, no, that's asking too much. That's none of their business. Well, could we say that teachers should uh, never smoke dope with their students? No, no, no. <laughs> teachers should be allowed to do it. You know, come on. Think of yourselves a little better than that, guys. And, you know, a lot of people join this uh, this job, uh, get this job, still out of the best of reasons. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of idealistic people want to make a difference in kids' lives. And then there's a kind of collective mindset that sets in, having, uh, you know, once they're there with the union. So what this does... Uh, in the Supreme Court, and then in the implementation, and what we think is the best we've seen, Pennsylvania, is um, sets the conditions so that people can't be strong-armed or assumed uh, into a collective agreement when they don't want to be in it. Now, uh, I spent a lot of time on this show talking about the stupidity, uh, mostly on college campuses, but education is one of my favorite subjects. And uh, last last week, um, maybe two weeks ago, and I think it was in Florida, maybe you've heard about the story of the the woman got fired for giving kids zeros on a test. 
uh, on an assignment. They they didn't turn an assignment. And the the picture that I saw online, she had written on the on the chalkboard. I love you kids, but I've been fired because I gave you zeros for not turning in assignments. And she's supposed you're only allowed to give them a fifty or a sixty, even if they don't <laughs> do the assignment. And that was it. So she tried to do what she thought was right, and she's out, and she left. She's gone, fired. That's the kind of yeah. stuff. Now, how does does a union? protect her or make it worse for her in a situation like that oh they'll protect her probably every chance they get unless she is of a mindset which suggests to me by your by your telling you the story that uh, she's not of the union mindset but uh they'll probably protect her anyway because they protect willy-nilly you know mm-hmm. you get these totally incompetent teachers in new york and they get fired and they get sent to something called the rubber room which is where they sit there all day and yep. uh, you know uh, do crossword puzzles, but never get fired, never lose their job, never lose their, their paycheck. Uh, protect at all costs. I remember talking to principals, John, who said, good principals, thoughtful people, is the hardest thing they ever had to do was to fire an incompetent teacher. I mean, a grossly incompetent teacher. And that's because of the stranglehold of the union. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound punitive here, but the unions, you know, there's a reason unions exist in American history, but I do think they have narrowed people's conception of themselves as professionals and we need to get back to it having the school district outside of philadelphia had a situation where uh they couldn't come to agreement with the district on a on a a contract so the head of the union said to the teachers okay stop writing recommendations for your students for college or for anything else it's not in the contract so don't do it this notion that if it's not in the contract don't do it is the kind of self-limiting idea of uh of one's work that uh, that's wrong, you know. Yep. When I get a doctor, I just don't. I, I don't want to just have him bang on my knee and look at my X-rays. I want him to take an interest. Maybe give me a call. How you doing? How you feeling? <laughs> yeah. It's not in the contract, but that's what a professional is, right? Well, I'm I'm cursed with having gone to a Catholic school, and I say that facetiously, but um, because we had no teachers, we had Christian brothers. They didn't want to hear about any union, and they did what they no, thought I was know. right, and that was yeah. it. So I, I, you know, it's hard for me to have any patience for any of this. But you know, you're talking about the ability to have. Yeah, well, I had I had I had Sister Jean. You uh, know? Yeah, I hear you. But my my fingers still have bent to the you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Bend to that ruler, and you know, back ruler, yeah. back then, Bill, if the teacher did something, I'm not even going to say tell you about some of the things they did, which we all laughed about, by the way. But uh, you didn't go home and tell your parents about it because they didn't want to hear it, and they told you that shut no, up, no. you were wrong, the teacher was right, go back to school. <laughs> you know, right. I, I kind of liked right. it that way. I know I don't expect it ever to be that way again, though. So you're you're talking a lot about. Well, it has been. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, it has been. My boys went to Catholic school, and I'll tell a story on what I'm. Let's sure my wife doesn't hear this, and my younger kid, who's in the sixth grade, brought something called, are you ready, fart yeah. spray into the classroom uh, at school, yeah. and uh, how'd they deal with it? Well, they didn't have a disciplinary hearing. The teacher put them in the closet in the back of the room, sprayed fart spray all over it, and locked the door. <laughs> that's now, exa- that's, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what would have happened this, to me. This, yeah, public school. Kid came out gasping, you know, <laughs> five minutes later. But he kind of learned the lesson, you know? You know, know Cool. Yeah. Sure. Well, they didn't have fart spray when I was a kid. I wish they would have. I could have got well, some use yeah. out of that. <laughs> you would have. You uh, would have. The no. teacher used to pick exactly me up right. and stick me in the wastebasket. I w- I'm one of the smaller kids in class. He'd stick my butt in the wastebasket, <laughs> okay. and I'd sit there for the whole class. And then laugh. We'd everybody laugh, including go. me. Anyway, you, you focus, Bill, a lot on the ability to have individual control. Uh, individual responsibility. How much has a lack of that actually? Forget the the union, the just the, all the uh, the stuff that goes on with uh, bargaining and all that. How has just the lack of teachers having that individual control actually hurt the education of the kids? I think it lowers things to the lowest common denominator. Uh, this 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 decision makes it clear that the teacher is the center for decision making, and with that may come a notion of autonomy and a sense that. You know, I can I can control what I want to do as a teacher. I don't have to bargain as part of a larger group for everything I'm doing. Uh, you know, this will take time, but uh, I, th- I think this could lead to a real shift in how teachers understand themselves. And you know, pay the good teachers more, and be sure people have you know contracts that aren't aren't arbitrary. But let's have some of the you know the free market discipline in education rather than this uh, mentality we got now. Will this have any effect whatsoever on the ability to to get uh, school choice pushed through? 
I would hope so. I would think so. It's somewhat of a second track, but you one has to realize, be realistic, this is going to hurt uh, the unions mm-hmm. and their ability to oppose things like school choice systems. Uh, income for the unions is going to be less than it is now. Uh, could be dramatically less if a lot of people opt out. And, um, you know, wherever there's a choice option, uh, not wherever, but in most places where there's a choice option, the unions will oppose it. And I, I, maybe this is a bad question, or maybe it's a good question for a former Secretary of Education, but would everybody be better off if the federal government just, you know, got out of the education business entirely? Uh, yeah, uh, the answer to that <laughs> That would have yes. cost you a job 30 years ago. Well, you know, when I got the job, George Will, because he's George Will, asked your question in a very George Will-type way. He yep. said, must you exist? <laughs> and, and that sounds like him. Right. And the answer was, no, I don't need to. Actually, people got educated before the establishment of the United States Department of Education, believe it or not, right. in 1979. You probably have a grandfather who was. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I got a, and I got a couple of questions before you go here, not related to the Janus uh, decision and your trip to Harrisburg. Two quick ones, actually. The number one one would be: uh, you worked with a guy named Ronald Reagan for a few years. What advice would he have for Donald Trump when dealing with the media? Because he was pretty oh, good at would, it. <laughs> he would say, "Smile more, <laughs> say less, and smile more." You know, the same thing uh, FDR did. You know, they came after FDR. You just give him a big grin, and Reagan would say, like he said to Walter Mondale, "Well, there you go." You know, uh, he was uh, he was he, he had a firm touch, but a gentler one, a softer one. But that's not advice that Donald Trump's going to take. No. You notice? Yeah, people no. have said to me, "Well, you know, Trump, why don't you tell him to stop tweeting?" Yeah, you bet. Okay, hey, President, stop tweeting. Would Would Ronald Reagan have tweeted? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, but he was, he was a very private guy, and he was very, you know, considered in what he said. You know, hours of rehearsals and so on, and reading scripts, I think, it made him that way. Mm-hmm. We got a president who, for better or worse, if it comes in the head, it comes out. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, I like it. Most of the time, I like it. I think it's, I think it's damn refreshing. Yeah, so do I. Uh, last question. Uh, 34 years ago, next month... Um, Ronald Reagan won 49 states. Uh, that's just hard to imagine. Yeah. But can anybody ever do that again? And how did he do it? Uh, well, uh, he was blessed with the opposition that wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, had a, he had a great record, and people were much reassured. I think he was also the beneficiary of low expectations. And I think similar thing is going on now. And I will say this. I'm a Reagan guy to the end. But this, as a conservative, this is a more conservative president than Ronald Reagan is. Wow. And a more conservative cabinet. And I'll tell you one other thing. He has done more to honor and fulfill his promises than any president in modern history. Like his promises or not, this guy has has kept his promises as best he can. Can't build the wall because they won't let him, but he's dead sure trying. Yep, and he has cable TV to deal with, which... Uh and cable news to deal with that uh, Ronald Reagan didn't have. He had three networks, and he was he was home free. So it's a big difference. Yeah, I just can't imagine the media saying to Reagan what they're saying now about these bombs, you know, and right. Trump. Right. You know, I said this morning, I said, okay, you want me to say he's a Trump supporter? Yeah, I did it. I sent him. I put him in the envelopes. I sent him, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, it, it's, just, it's so crazy. I have, I mean, I've, I've been in Washington a long time. Saw what they did to the Bushes. Saw what they did to Reagan. Saw what they did to poor Dan Quayle. Never seen anything like this in my life. Well, yeah, I've, I've been around a while, too. I haven't seen it either. But, I, I, hey, Bill, I really appreciate you taking time, and thanks for your trip to Pennsylvania. hope it all works out, and uh, I hope you, the promise is fulfilled. Yeah, me too. Me right. too. We'll wait and see. We'll push it along. All right. Thank you very much. Tell your folks to write a note to Senator Eichelberger. Thank you for his legislation. All right. Thanks, Bill. See you later. Thank you. Bye, Bye-bye. John. Bye. And speaking of education, coming up after the break, uh, we're going to hear from a woman who thought it would be a good idea to give a speech at a college until the kiddies shouted her down. We'll talk to her when we come back. Stay there.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The hunt for the person or persons who sent pipe bombs to high-ranking Democrats across the country continues. Much of the search has been centered in New York City, where packages were sent to media figures like Robert De Niro and the offices of CNN. NYPD Commissioner James O'Neill says they continue to work on the case. That law enforcement professionals do not care about the politics behind these acts. What we do care about is keeping the public we serve safe. That's it. That's the job, fighting crime and keeping people safe. And through the full and willing partnership of everyone who lives in, works in, and visits New York City, will make the safest large city in the United States even safer. The wave of bombs has also raised fresh questions about the ability of the U.S. Postal Service and private delivery companies to intercept explosives and other dangerous items. A recovery day on Wall Street as the Dow was up by 401 points. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever-changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices. Say hello to a whole new world. Visit CampingWorldOfPittsburgh.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. President Obama's eight years of leading from behind left the world in flames. From Russia's invasion of Ukraine to North Korea's missile tests and a growing ISIS caliphate. Under President Trump, American leadership is being restored. But that does not mean our enemies have disappeared. That's why I wrote my new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies. As a former deputy assistant to President Trump for strategy, I explained the threats posed by enemies like Russia, China, and the global jihadi movement. We must know our enemies and have the will to defeat them. In my book, Why We Fight, we take off the political correctness blinders of the Obama years and learn how we can vanquish our enemies without mortal combat. Sebastian Gorka's new book, Why We Fight, Defeating America's Enemies with No Apologies, is available now from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. It's a busy ride on the outbound Parkway West, Banksville Road to Carnegie. Inbound side moving along a little slowly from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. You'll also see a slow ride on the Parkway East outbound Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and inbound also slow from Edgewood Swissvale to the Tunnel and Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Seeing some volume delays as well. Outbound 28 Veterans Bridge to 40th Street and from Sharpsburg to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. 
Mostly cloudy and rather chilly tonight, going down to a low of 37 for tomorrow. Cloudy and cool with a little bit of rain developing later on in the afternoon. High 52. Cloudy tomorrow night with periods of rain, low 41. And we'll stay cloudy, damp, and chilly for Saturday with on and off rain and drizzle. High 48 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Wall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we just spent about 15 minutes talking to Bill Bennett, the former uh, education secretary, about how to improve education for kids. And we do like to spend a lot of time around here talking about the rampant stupidity on college campuses these days. Amber Athey covers the media for the Daily Caller. She ran into some of that uh, stupidity a couple of nights ago. The kiddies at American University had a problem with her giving a speech there. She joins us now. Thanks for being here, Amber. Thank you for having me. So what was it about you that they found so offensive or frightening or both? (laughs) Well, the topic of my speech was called No, Don't Believe All Women. And the point of that was to counter this narrative that's been circulating um, among leftists and the media that any person who makes an accusation should automatically be believed. And in my view, due process should be followed uh, during these claims. And we should make sure that the accused have a chance to defend themselves. This is a basic individual right that's laid out in the Fifth Amendment to our Constitution. And apparently our Constitution is now triggering to college students who don't want to hear anything that could offend them or challenge them or anything like that. So what was it they did? I I saw the video and just describe what it was like. Uh, They started chanting and doing the usual stuff. Yeah, that's right. So we knew there were going to be planned protests and there were actually apparently some threats made about the speech um, which required me to have a police escort uh, on campus and throughout the remainder of my speech. About halfway through, I was talking about um, the cases of sexual assault claims that were made against black people in the civil rights era that were used to lynch them, specifically the cases of the Scottsboro Boys and Emmett Hill. Mm-hmm. As I was talking about those cases, the students outside of the room, there was about 30 of them, broke out in a chance of we believe survivors and whose school our school. Um, so they basically tried to drown out my speech, and people in the audience said that they did have a hard time hearing me while they were protesting outside. Now, uh, what was the ratio of men to women and the group that was listening to your speech without trying to heckle you or shout you down or whatever? The people in the speech were actually pretty evenly split among men and women, which I really appreciated because... I think it's an important message for both genders. Obviously, due process should be applied to anyone who's accused of a crime, regardless of whether you're a male or female. The interesting thing is that when you look at the protesters, the protesters are majority male. And I thought to myself, what would any of these guys think if they happen to be falsely accused by an ex-girlfriend or someone, anyone who, who wanted to get back at them? They would certainly hope that we would avoid rushing to judgment and give them the proper due process in their case. So the fact that there were so many men protesting was uh, incredi- a little bit funny to me, honestly. Actually, it makes my skin crawl, but that's uh, another... <laughs> I mean, why oh, aren't yeah, they... funny in a sickening way. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't they playing basketball or something? Uh, you know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, it, uh, I so don't probably get... just trying to impress the girls. Maybe that. But would you be impressed by that? As a female? Of course, no, 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 of course not. Yeah, so uh, I, I, the whole thing just gags me. So were, were you dangerous enough to uh, require a safe space? Because that, that would was. be a sign, of, that would be a badge <laughs> of honor, wouldn't it? Yeah, actually, I was a, a little bit um, proud of that, just because I know that uh, people put up safe spaces when they're afraid of conservative speakers telling the truth on campus. Mm-hmm. So these students actually set one up. The American University Student Government Women's Initiative said that my speech was disempowering and invalidating the experiences of survivors. If these people had actually come and listened to my speech, as they certainly would have been allowed to do, they would know that I was talking specifically about balancing support for real sexual assault victims with due process and making sure that every claim is taken seriously and investigated by the police. We're talking to Amber Athey. She writes for the Daily Caller, and she is uh, she covers the media and breaking news for that uh, site, which I read every day. 
Uh, I used to actually write a column for the uh, Daily Caller for a while, sports column, um, until about a year or two ago. But anyway, um, <laughs> who, invi- who invited you to come to speak there uh, at, at American University? The American University Young Americans for Liberty invited me. Um, and actually, there's an interesting story behind that as well, because um, they obviously approved the initial name of my speech, No, Don't Believe All Women. But as soon as they started getting some heat from protesters, they actually changed it without my permission. Uh, the speech ended up being called Your Due Process, hashtag me too. Uh, so that was changed without any input from me. Um, but I gave the speech anyway, and I reminded the crowd um, that the speech as written was meant to be titled no, don't believe all women. Well, did those those guys uh, chicken out? They did, and I was really disappointed about it because as people who are supposed to be supporting uh, First Amendment rights, Fifth Amendment rights, as people who believe in individual rights, you would think that they would stand up for me and my speech, but instead, as soon as they got the littlest bit of backlash, they backed down. And they should know that when you give in to these liberal protesters, you're telling them that if they throw a temper tantrum, then they can get what they want. And did you get to finish the speech? I did get to finish the speech, and we actually had a very constructive question-answer session where people asked thoughtful questions. We had a little bit of debate, and I just wish that these students who were protesting showed up at the beginning of my speech to listen instead of showing up halfway through and intending to disrupt. Now, when you do a speech, uh, I'm just curious because uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to imagine what it's like when you're trying to do this and there's these there are these kinds of disruptions. Do you have a script you're going from, or do you just kind of wing it with some notes? How do you, how do you, and you know, is it a, a structured speech that's going to take you eight minutes or 21 minutes or however you time it out, or you just go? This was my first campus speech. So I did have a written speech that I was delivering. I didn't read it exactly by the letter, but mm-hmm. it was pretty close. It was about 25 minutes long. And when the protesters started outside, I just opted to keep going because I didn't want to give them attention. So you just you just kept plowing through. Yeah, I start, I read a little bit louder, but I I chose not to acknowledge them. I didn't want to give them the satisfaction. Will you be giving any other speeches? Did, did it make you want I to hope do more? So. If any, yeah. yeah, if any campus group group invites me to campus, I would be happy to come and give a speech on any topic, whether it's the same one or something else. Um, I think it's important for conservatives to be willing to go onto college campuses and talk to these students directly, um, teach them that freedom of expression is important, having an open dialogue and, and listening to and challenging things that you disagree with is what a university is for. It's not for shutting down things that you don't want to hear. If you don't mind me asking, where did you go to college, and do you remember anything like this happening when you were there? Yes, I went to Georgetown University, also in D.C., and I was actually the person that was bringing controversial speakers (laughs) to campus when I was there. So I knew all too well what this process was like, and so that helped prepare me for this scenario because um, having been through it before, I knew exactly what the tactics were from the left, and the best way to get through it is just to bear down and basically try to ignore it and just give a speech anyway. Well, when I went to college, it was the 20th century. So, uh, you know, things were different back then. <laughs> but uh, I just, I'm trying to think of the, the type of person I was and the guys I hang, hung around with in college. We might have found it kind of funny to find out where the safe space was and go there. And this guy hang out in the <laughs> safe space and start giving yeah, our own speech well, in the sp- safe space and really torturing them about it. It's funny you bring that up because some reporters from the Daily Caller News Foundation, which is um, a nonprofit organization, actually tried to go there and ask some questions. And they wanted to know, why are you in the safe space? Mm -hmm. What about Amber is so dangerous? And what do you hope to accomplish while you're in here? And unfortunately, they were not allowed in. Well, what scares me is that there are, first of all, more than like one or two people stupid or sick enough to need a safe space. I mean, like, they actually, when they, you know, I hear about these safe spaces, but you're telling me that there are actually people in there. They actually... Yeah, (laughs) it's insanity. I mean, these people are likening speech to physical assault. They think that if they hear something that they don't like, they're going to have PTSD or some kind of mental health issue from it. It's, It's absolute insanity. And I have to wonder what these students' parents were teaching them before they got off to college. Do they have Play-Doh? 
<laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I have read about a lot of safe spaces that have things like coloring books, yeah. and bubbles, and juice boxes. It's basically a, a preschool or daycare. It's not a college campus. See, if I saw 20-year-old college students with coloring books, I might need a safe space to protect me from them. <laughs> I mean, I'd be, you know, I'd be wondering, do I want to be anywhere near these people? So, uh, if we yeah, go, it, go ahead. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, when I was in school, I had the same experience where it was hard to imagine that these were some of my classmates. I, I feel that they were honestly devaluing my degree a little bit. Well, I was at, I'll tell you how long ago I was in college, Amber. I was in college at, at Kent State in the 70s, and I was on campus when the state police were marching through the crowd with um, helmets and billy clubs and telling you to move. That was kind of scary. Right. And I, we kind of we found that entertaining in some ways too. But anyway, that's a that's an old story. I, I, I want to ask you. We're talking to Amber Athey of the Daily Caller. She covers the media for them. Um, you you write about the media for the Daily Caller. So, what's been your impression of the coverage that the uh, this mail bomb story has been getting? I've been really disappointed by the coverage, and I think the media has really showed how they are activists and not objective journalists. If you just watch. CNN for more than five minutes, you'll notice the Chirons are immediately trying to blame this on President Trump and his criticism of the media. They're likening anything negative that people say about them to violent attacks, blaming that rhetoric for violent attacks before we've even learned anything about a motive or a suspect. And I think the whole thing is incredibly irresponsible. And um, I, <laughs> you wrote a story about a guy at MSNBC, and he's actually a presidential historian, he was very, um, I don't know, he, he seemed to be remaining calm when he said that this may exceed the scope of the Lincoln assassination. Yeah, uh, that's a bit funny considering obviously no one has been injured yet, thank no. God. No, no one has been injured. Um, but it, he seemed to be forgetting the fact that a man opened fire on a baseball field yeah. where dozens of congressional Republicans were playing baseball. I would think the scope of that would be at least equal to this, if if not far greater. And your job is to observe the media. So how often are you surprised pleasantly by an example of... Pleasantly? Yeah, by an, pleasantly, not often. Well, by, I'm, I was going to say, by, by an example of uh, unbiased reporting at, say, MSNBC or CNN, or for that matter, any of the other, any of the three major networks. It's not often. I'm lucky if it's once a week. And when it does happen, I actually tweet about it and give praise. Uh, I believe in in trying to uh, give positive affirmations when they do a good job because the most of the time it's just so bad. I mean, I watch cable news for probably eight to ten hours a day and the stuff just rots your brain. Well, you're going to need a safe space. You're doing that. Eight I or probably will. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so, need to switch to Nickelodeon every now and then. Yeah, I got a couple minutes here. What about Megyn Kelly being out at NBC? It seems to be a done deal. Yeah, uh, another thing that I was disappointed by. I mean, I understand that her comments weren't exactly artful, but I understand the point that she was trying to make, which is that um, things have changed since she was a child, and things that were once considered acceptable are now considered offensive. And she was trying to figure out where the line on Halloween PC costumes is. Right. Um, I thought her apology was obviously sincere. Her uh, audience seemed to appreciate the apology. But this is not about what Megyn Kelly said about blackface. This is about the fact that NBC has trying to get has been trying to get rid of Megyn Kelly since she essentially since she started her new show. There's been talks from insiders saying that everyone there hates Megyn Kelly, that they've wanted her to leave. They think the network paid her too much money. This was a convenient opportunity for her to get rid of to get rid of her. This is not about NBC taking a stance on racism. I knew she never had a chance. I worked in TV for a long time. I, I knew she never had a chance there, um, and I couldn't believe that they hired her. Not because I didn't think she was good, but I, they hired her for the wrong thing, uh, the wrong type right. of show. And I just I hope she gets every penny of the sixty nine million they owe her. But what happens to the guy who hired her and decided to, to guarantee her whatever it is eighty million dollars? Yeah, he's definitely not going to be in good shape because apparently um, the way that her contract is written, if she is fired, then she'll get every penny of it. At least that's what an NBC executive told the Daily Mail. Um, the real thing that shocks me here is just NBC's hypocrisy on these standards that they allege to have. Um, this is the same organization that has covered up sexual harassment and sexual abuse, yep. um, has 
prevented their own reporters from covering sexual harassment of Harvey Weinstein. Um, so for them to to purport to take a stance on Megyn Kelly, it's so so disingenuous and so dishonest. Um, this is a sick company, and they, they need to figure out what's going on. All those things a hundred times worse than anything she said, the, you know, what they did. Exactly. But, hey, I'm out of time, Amber. I really appreciate you being on. I hope we can have you on again sometime. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. That's Amber Athey of The Daily Caller. Some good stuff there. She watches the media for you. And you can check her out at The Daily Caller. And when we come back, we'll have a couple of minutes to wrap this stuff up. See you then. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. You also know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation. Typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley has got you covered. Giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now at 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? AM 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at TheAnswerPGH.com to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Pro- Professionals of Robinson Township, the virtual job fair at TheAnswerPGH.com. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I had a tough time figuring out what to finish up with here today. Uh, I'm going to stick with the theme of education. We had Bill Bennett on uh, to start the show in the first first 15 minutes or so. And then a story about uh, 
Amber Athley, Athey, who um, got shouted down trying to give a speech at American University. And I couldn't decide whether to do just finish up here with the story about uh, John Carroll University up in Cleveland, where a kid was called in to talk to the Title IX somebody or other because he complained about a uh, drag queen show at the school and thought it was stupid and not suitable for a Catholic school. And I guess they gave him a lot of pressure for that. And then I came across this, so I think I'll go with this. This is uh, The Atlantic, uh, a guy named Sahi Desai. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, the, the headline of the story was sports, college sports are affirmative action programs for rich white kids. This is where we are. Is there anything that any that, is there anything that is not racist in America anymore? It's just it's and I and I've been saying this for a long time. It, there there are plenty of legitimate cases of this, but it's just everywhere, every minute, every day. It's just and and it just doesn't go away. And it's the, the whole the word has become meaningless. The even the cause in some cases has become meaningless when it shouldn't, because as I said, there are legitimate. Uh, there are legitimate issues, but uh, this is what he wrote. Put another way, college sports at elite schools are a quiet sort of affirmative action for affluent white kids and play a big role in keeping those these institutions so stubbornly white and affluent. Uh, and he goes on to talk about um, the, the fact that you know you have rowing teams and lacrosse teams and they're all made up of white kids, as if that there's there's some kind of well, it's, obviously, it's white privilege that's involved in it, um, but it's 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 it can't just be because it just naturally happens that certain people are attracted to certain things. There has to be some evil racism afoot that creates this, and I don't have time to go into it. May, I may go further with this tomorrow, but um, you know, if he wanted to find a problem of racism, he should look at the major colleges that exploit these kids who come out of high schools where they're they're reading at the fourth, fifth, sixth grade level when they come out. Black kids who are then playing uh, major sports at uh, major colleges. That's where the problem is. He's focusing on the rowing team at, uh, I don't know, Yale or someplace. Idiotic. Give me a break. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.